Welcome to Queer in the Time of COVID, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that's pecking our heads about the pandemic and everything we're doing to get through this little patch of whatever it is we now call life. I am Lucy Cecil. And I am Olivia Taylor. Hi, Olivia. How are you? I am doing all right, Lucy. It is week 168. (laughs) It is. It is. Um, I've been here forever and and also not forever. Also not forever, um, mm. but also there's something a little bit different about this week and something a little bit different about this Zoom. I can't tell. There is. There's something different. Like, your face is a bit, little bit smaller. I don't know why. I think it's because we've got an extra special gorgeous guest, haven't we? Oh my God. We have. We would love to welcome to Queer Longing for the very first time, the wonderful Carrie Lyle. Hi. Hi. Have I pronounced your surname right? Because I know there's a lot of chat. You have. Um, I might send the podcast to my wife who doesn't know how to say my name properly um, but yeah you nailed it well done oh thank you so much so um for those of you who don't know carrie lyle is an um, editor-in-chief at diva magazine absolute top hun professional gay and occasional runner is that correct yeah that is correct yeah not i mean they're quite quite occasional at the moment really not running as much as i should be but uh yeah that's correct I have been meaning to ask you actually for a while how you got into running. Have you always been a runner and how does one do it? (laughs) I have not always been a runner. Um, I was very um, like, like quite an, an, like anti running, absolute anti running, anti exercise, anti anyone who did run uh thought they were all like the worst to be honest and then, okay and then I don't know I think I got into a real sort of like low point with my mental health and I was like uh, oh, you know I want to do something I kind of got into swimming a little bit and that was really good and people kept saying why don't you run and I was like because running's for losers no like what's the point like I don't understand why you'd it's fine if you go into the shops and back, but why would you just run to nowhere for nothing? It didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, but at some point, I think I downloaded the Couch to 5K thing and I started it and I didn't get very far and I started it again and didn't get very far. But at some point I started it and it stuck. And um, it was like magic, actually, just seeing how you go from like A, hating something, but also be like being quite bad at something to then... Like, yeah, like magic, just being able to be able to run for a minute, for two minutes, for five minutes. You know, now I can run for like an hour and a half. And like a lot of the time when I'm running, I'm like, this is disgusting. And like, why am I doing it? But I feel I feel good afterwards like the endorphins are like totally worth the like sweat and everything else I was gonna ask do you still have that thing before where you're like don't want to go don't want to go don't want to go don't want to go I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm doing it I loved that I loved that I loved that like is that the process of running Uh, I mean yeah so on Monday we went out Sarah and I went out for a run and the whole time I'd had a really bad day I was exhausted I had slept really badly the night before and wanted to do anything other than running um, and she was like, oh, come on, you'll feel better, you know. But she, similarly, she didn't really want to go out either, but we sort of made each other. And like, <laughs> even on the run, I was like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. But as soon as I stopped, I was like, oh, that was great. I'm really glad I did it. Like, <laughs> it just burns off all of that, like, all of those feelings that you have, all of that, like, frustration that you have is got somewhere to go. And, you know, maybe whereas, you know, two or three years ago, I might have... If I'd had a tough day, be like, I'm going to eat my feelings or drink my feelings or wallow in my feelings. Now I like run off my feelings and then I'm, it's, it's better. So 
yeah it's a feel it feels like a healthier way to like deal with and process um what's going on in my head so yeah yeah and I guess you know that is a really healthy way like you say of dealing with those feelings but it also means that you can get to the shop for a Twix in half the time so I mean I'm not a very fast runner like I still feel like I'm going full pelt and people who can like walk faster than me but you know it's it's something and I have to try and not get my head about that like because I'm I'm also quite competitive so to be like it's okay to just run at the pace that I run at and it's fine and I'm not you know not in competition with anyone else just do my own thing but then I'll be on my Strava like "Mm." someone went like (laughs) they ran it in like four minutes and it took me like 10 wankers you know are are you and (laughs) your lovely wife Sarah good running buddies no (laughs) so I'm quite I'm a bit of a solo runner I don't really like to run with anyone else because I have that thing in my head where I'm like they're faster than me I'm not good enough um so I quite yeah like being on my own and just switching off and you know all you're thinking about is like how to breathe and like put one foot in front of the other so then I feel like when I'm with someone else it's just a a distraction I'm like ah I'm in my head too much but recently she's trying to convince me to like maybe we could run together maybe it'd be nice and so on Monday we were like running side by side and my face is like thunder meanwhile she's like isn't this great look there's a rabbit and I'm like mm. but <laughs> afterwards I'm glad we did it's just in the moment don't love Aww. it so much. Uh, that's adorable <laughs> we want to officially welcome you to our podcast this has been such a long time coming and we're very thrilled to have you not so thrilled that it can't be in real life because as Lucy did mention to me earlier I mean she is happy with the virtual hug but a real hug from you Carrie is a hug like no other as we all know so <laughs> that is a disappointment we have to say I mean uh, so in my preparation for today I uh, have put under longing for it says a hug with Lucy actually does say that so <laughs> Genuine. Don't. I've not had any human contact for what seven weeks now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. Um, oh. I was actually going to say, Olivia, stunning introduction, but you forgot to mention one of the most important accolades to Carrie's name, and that is, of course, first and only at this point, Gafter winner. Yes, you are our Gafter winner. <laughs> I mean, it's in my Instagram bio. Yeah. Not just because I'm really proud of it, but because it's the only award I've ever won. So um, <laughs> I can't you. believe that. No, you. You've been robbed of so many writing awards. No writing awards that. yet. I've, I've been shortlisted, but I've never won anything. Okay, do you have a speech prepared? No, I'm terrible at public speaking. So uh, it's probably a good thing, to be honest. It's a blessing. Okay, well, other than other than running and other than reveling in your gafter win a year on, obviously, as we all know, those sort of trite sayings that we're all rolling out on everyday emails in these strange times, in these weird times... <laughs> How are you coping with lockdown? What are you doing? What does your sort of day-to-day look like at the moment? Paint as a little picture, if you would. For the most part, my day-to-day life isn't all that different. So um, when I'm not in London for for the magazine and for press week and events and stuff, then I, I am working from home. So that's, that's you know, that's kind of been okay. That's been, my working day is okay. The biggest change is that Sarah my wife is now at home as well so we've kind of had to find a way of getting through that but we we've been together a long time and like we get on really well so like it that doesn't feel like it's been that's been a strain 
So I work through here in my office. She works in the in the kitchen. We try and avoid each other all day so that we've got something to talk about. Uh, but I do like to go through, like she'll shout me through for something. And I like to tell her that this meeting could have been an email and um, other like <laughs> office lols. Uh, so that's been really great. We go out for like a walk at lunchtime sometimes and or like sit out in the sun. We're really lucky with our flat, like we've got a little bit of outside space. So that's been like really nice. Um, and then weekends have been like just getting out as much as we can. So you like taking that one daily exercise to the max. Like I went out on Saturday and cycled for four hours. And was like, maybe I'll just go to Glasgow and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> managed to, to stop myself. Uh, but yeah, just um, working a lot, doing a lot of nice baking. I've discovered that I... I'm really good at making Yorkshire puddings. So that's oh, nice. Yeah, the high on the Yorkshire. The other week. day, that was great. So yeah, like there's been some like pandemic like pluses. It's not been so bad in lots of ways. But then, I guess like you, Lucy, I'm really missing um, human contact. Like just, I'm, I'm really lucky that I have someone here that can you know touch, and that's really nice. But I want to touch other people as well, like in a totally <laughs> consensual way, obviously. But. <laughs> Yeah. we all <laughs> my heart aches for all the people that I want to touch and I can't touch them I know speaking, it is difficult. Of, speaking of aching what are we all living and longing for this week we've got your longing Carrie you're top of the class getting that in there but um Lucy what are you living and longing for this week um right so uh this week I'm living for so I made a grave mistake last week in the pod which came out actually today um in which I told you and the world that there was no way to get The Sims 2 without having a disc version. I was incorrect. Really? I've got The Sims 2. <laughs> Complete oh! collection. The Sims 2 is the best one! Yes! So you can get Sims 2 Complete Collection just as like an app on your Mac. And it is, I'm talking vacation, I'm talking business, I'm talking pets, I'm talking university. I'm talking all the ones you want, downtown, all of it. In one go, 28 quid worth the money. I know. That's right. Hide in your jumper, Olivia. It's big news. I've kept this from you for like three days. How excited you both are. Your faces are just <laughs> Carrie, I've, The Sims is just really getting us through lockdown at the moment. But Sims, as we um, mentioned on the previous um, Sims heavy episode, Sims 4 is capitalism and Sims 2 is hedonism. And we want hedonism. So yeah. this news is really what I wanted to receive it in lockdown. So I'm living for that as well. Yeah, I know. And I just was like, this, I can't believe I've been so stupid and thought that it didn't exist. And it was like so easy to find. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to tell Olivia. I'm going to reveal it on the pod. And here we are. Little treat from me to you, Sims 2. <laughs> so much. That's put a real pep in my step. Thank you. Yeah, and I've been like playing it a bit too much, obviously, which is the only way you can play The Sims, basically. And yeah, it's just stunning. Been on holiday already. Been to Tiki Island or whatever it's called. So nice. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm living for. <laughs> and I am longing for... So it's going to get a bit sad, not, not, not too sad, but just a bit sad. This pod comes out on Wednesday, the Wednesday of which uh, the Friday is my birthday and I was supposed to be going away with all my family to the beach for uh, my 30th and not going to do that and I'm just longing for my family loads, like supposed to go with my nephew and obviously not just him, but <laughs> he wasn't going to drive down, <laughs> two year old, not even two yet. Um, yeah, I just... Obviously, I'm really, really pleased I've got Izzy and Adam here, um, and Izzy is my sister, so that's really great. 
and there are uh, loads of things to be grateful for in the way that I have a family to long for and <laughs> there are ways to talk to them digitally and stuff like that so I'm really pleased and grateful about that but I'm just really missing that like you know just like group of people all together so yeah that's what I'm longing for but I will long for them until I can run away to them <laughs> which I will do as soon as I'm allowed to and um, yeah what are you living and longing for Olive? well this week I don't know if you have heard of a very little known actress called Julie Andrews <laughs> no I don't know please explain so this thing that I found out that is like conflated two of my like lockdown favorite things which yeah. is favorite things oh, I'm, I'm amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing is, um, the first thing is Julie Andrews. And as I said last week, I w- rewatched The Sound of Music for the millionth time. I had a great time making my way through various musicals at the moment to kind of get me through listening to a lot of musical soundtracks. So I mentioned that, but then also a thing that we've been doing a little bit during lockdown is that we brought back the Words With Friends app, haven't we? Yes. So we've been playing a bit of Words with Friends, a la like our 2012 selves. So that is now back and is part of our lockdown routine, which is quite nice, even though I absolutely suck at Words with Friends, but it's fine. But the best thing is, is that I've unwittingly signed up for Words with Friends emails to my like Gmail. Oh, and anyway, they do a word, <laughs> they do a Words with Friends word of the day email which is done by a different celebrity and the celebrity this week I kid you not is Julie Andrews no yes and she's doing the words with friends word of the day every day and I think the last one she did was home because she just like loves things about home and I was like oh cute Julie Andrews but can you believe that the absolute star in the sky Julie Andrews is the celebrity of the week on words with friends that is such a get for words with friends too it's such a no, guess. Amazing. Still alive, to be honest. And, and <laughs> that's the biggest shock for me. She's very much alive. She writes a lot of children's books with her daughter. Um, oh, classic. So that's How where she's she, like 106. <laughs> yeah, probably a good 106, I'd say. I but hope, she, I hope she's shielding. Oh, I, I think she will be. And she looks a good 104. So. <laughs> That's positive. And um, my longing for is off the back of binging Normal People, which we'll talk about a bit later, um, Conversations with Friends, because I've heard that that's going to be made into a TV series as well. And judging by how much I was completely obsessed with Normal People, I am longing for Conversations with Friends to kind of fill that giant void that has been left by the best TV show ever. But Carrie, you've given us your longing. How about your living? What am I living for? I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, to live here every week. <laughs> what am I living for? <laughs> what am I living for? I guess the highlight of my week at the moment is like I'm doing yoga on Zoom. So the class that I would normally go to, I've started doing that on Zoom, and I thought it was going to be super weird, but actually, I really love it. And yesterday, I had this amazing class where afterwards I just like lay on my mat like crying for 20 minutes but like crying in quite like a nice cathartic like healthy way not just yes. in, like, you know maybe I should get some help like it was really nice so um I'm living for that I'm living for just trying to find a bit of you know positivity wherever you can yeah it has there been anything that's kind of stuck out to you positivity wise during this time like anything that you've been watching any Instagram accounts any sort of words of wisdom anything that's kind of been 
getting you through in particular? I mean, for me personally, it's watching Bon Appetit videos before I go to bed. I find them to be very soothing after all of the terrible news. Is there anything that's sort of doing that same job for you? You've talked about it on a previous episode, but mostly it's TikTok for me. Like that's that's what's what is getting me through and what will get me through. I spend probably an hour a day. It tends to be in the evening. Like I'll just lie on the couch and I'll scroll and scroll and scroll and I'll like laugh more than I've ever laughed at anything and you know just forget for a minute that actually there's some terrible things happening in the world so that's that's been like probably the biggest form of escapism like I'm finding it really hard to like concentrate on like films or reading or doing anything (laughs) doing anything so it's been really nice that's that's the one like one of the only things I'm finding like helps me just switch off and forget and be like oh there's just a cute dog or you know there's Jade from Little Mix being hilarious so she has been continually and consistently hilarious the queen she really is she is she's great yeah tiktok truly is like our lord and savior this time um yeah. it's just that exact like you say like it's so hard to concentrate on things um and therefore like having something that's so bit-sized like tiny little like things that just are like usually funny made to be funny so yeah no love tiktok as we all know this is a tiktok stan podcast apparently <laughs> I've been learning some dances, you know, I feel like I'm going to come out with this, you know, doing like the blinding lights thing, like, I'll have a dance. Well, Well, we'll be next to you, we hope that you do that as you come towards us. Yeah, we're very TikTok positive, yeah, coming towards us doing that dance and hugging us the most, um, when we can no longer social distance, that will be so nice. I realised actually the last time that we saw you was the very last time that I've been to the cinema. Yes, same. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I know. One of the first... I don't know maybe it was like the first week in lockdown and um there was I was watching the news and they were actually at the cinema where we were I mean like look this place is now dead and I was like this is so weird I was there just a few weeks ago and it was you know like obviously coronavirus was a thing and we talked about it and we're thinking about it but it just seemed like incomprehensible that you know in such a short space of time we'd now be like okay this is now completely our new normal that we don't go out or see anyone and we only see people on on zoom and yeah really odd on that kind of point i wanted to ask you um i am a member of the diva community group community group on facebook and i wanted to ask you as someone who is kind of across all of that in your capacity as editor kind of how what the feedback has been like for all of the people who are Um, reading the magazine and sort of engaging with each other in this weird time have you noticed a kind of shift or any sort of particular conversations happening because for me I've definitely seen so many different um, conversations going on on there whether it's like you say just about people sharing stupid videos or um, you know really kind of opening up about some of the darker times that that they're going through right now Um, I just wanted to ask you about what your experience of that has been. Yeah it's been wild actually we had a conversation about it you know maybe sort of a week into um, I don't even know if it was like proper lockdown yet but it's sort of early days like would this be a valuable thing to do to sort of set up this community and I think I said well I'm not really sure you know is there any value in that like we have a Facebook page we have these other things like will anyone sign up will anyone join and we talked about it and we decided we'd give it a go and see like you know maybe 100 people will join and 
if that's if that's all then that's fine then that's some kind of extra support for those people who are really struggling because as we know um the queer community higher levels of you know um, mental health problems and addiction and we suffer from you know greater rates of loneliness and things like that so isolation really is hitting our community really hard so we wanted to to do something a bit extra on top of on top of what we already do and so we started this group and within less than two weeks we had four and a half thousand people like come to join it and they are talking about everything they're talking about their homemade haircuts they're talking about their pets they're talking about you know like which quarantine house they want to be in they're talking about all sorts of things they're swapping recipes they're you know offering each other support and we haven't really had to do anything we just kind of sat back and let it happen and watch it watch it grow into this like amazing thing where people are really yeah I think it's just shown the power of our community and the love and support and that, it, that is there and it's been so you know other places on the internet can be really toxic and scary and for a lot of people just inaccessible but this has been really warm and inclusive and supportive and you know yes some people are talking about the pandemic but also we're just talking about what it is to be a queer woman today and what it was like to come out and what it was like you know when someone was younger and what it's like in the US and it's just been really lovely to see it actually and kind of restored my faith in humanity somewhat so that's been really nice. It has been so nice to sort of watch and be in a small way a part of that. I saw just before we logged into this chat that somebody had um, just received their DVD copy of Desert Hearts in the post and (laughs) I can only say you've got a great night ahead of you whoever you are I hope you have a blast (laughs) (laughs) I love that film so much I guess I would really like to do a bit of nosy nose oh 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 thanks I've I've updated it apparently to unlimited minutes I haven't done anything I think this this is a present from zoom okay this is great um gay rights I kind of wanted to take this opportunity to be a bit nosy now because obviously we, we've sort of gotten to know you over the past sort of um, 18 months or so, which has been fab. Met at a caravan park a couple of years ago, never looked back, um, <laughs> but more on that possibly later or never. Um, but I wanted to kind of ask you first about your journey into the position that you're in now as editor of Diva. I believe that you've been working for Diva since 2013. Is that right? Okay. Thank you. Um, And I wanted to kind of ask you to talk a little bit about the changes that you've kind of seen take place with the magazine over that time, but also I suppose more generally across the whole queer landscape, because so much has kind of happened but what are your what are your kind of musings on that from your position as a writer and an editor so my journey at diva started i was i studied journalism at uni and kind of wanted to specialize in, in lgbtq stuff like that's kind of what i wanted to write about as i always joke because it's the only thing i knew anything about it's kind of true you know like uh at uni like other people were like oh I'm really into sports or business or fashion and I'm like I don't know anything apart from being gay so that's what I'll do and so I've been freelancing for a little while alongside my day job I was working in a cafe at the time and kind of had gotten to a point where I thought I was never gonna I was never gonna break into journalism because it's it's so competitive and it's so difficult and 
you know, LGBTQ media even smaller and more competitive. So, yeah, I was at a sort of crossroads in my life. And then I saw uh, a job came up with Diva. They posted it on, I think, their Facebook page. A friend of mine sent, sent it to me and said, I think you'd be perfect for this. I had a little bit of experience with Diva already because I used to write for the Pink Paper, which was at the time owned by the same publisher. And I had done some work experience with Diva actually I think 10, 10, 11 years ago this year. So I sort of knew them a little bit. I applied for the job, I got the job, which was like baffling to me, still baffling to me. And that was a big change in my life. I moved down from, from Edinburgh uh, to live in like a tiny room in a flat in London. It was terrifying, it was exciting. I had no money. Uh, it really was just like the wildest time. But um, coming into, coming into this sort of landscape where you know we don't as queer people we don't we don't learn about our histories like we're not taught about histories in school you know for various reasons section 28 those things are not accessible to us so unless you're willing to do the work to go out and learn that yourself or you have someone you're lucky enough to have someone in your life to sort of teach you then you just that's kind of shut off and I suppose for me I I when I came into that world realized I didn't really know anything I thought I knew everything there was to know about being gay, but actually I didn't at all. I didn't know so you know so many of these like touchstones in our culture. I didn't know anything about. And meeting the people that I met and Jane, who's the former editor, really sort of took me under her wing in lots of ways. And I think of her as I mean, she's she's a good friend of mine now, but she's also like my mentor. Like she she taught me so much and she showed me this world. And um, I'm really proud that as I've sort of worked my way through the ranks and now I'm doing the job that she was doing, I can kind of carry on that legacy a bit. Um, but it's been interesting too, to watch how, to watch how the landscape around us has changed. We've, Diva's been around since 1994. And in that time, things have come and gone. So like the pink paper has gone now, you know, Gay Star News last year, I think folded and then sort of came back and um, various other publications that have come and gone and, um, and we've been the sort of mainstay, I think, for, for queer women. And that's, um, is a real privilege, but it's, it's difficult too, to not have, you know, to not have sort of competition around you, to not have anyone like, you know, chasing at your, at your heels or, you know, well, I, that's not a phrase, but <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nobody there to bite your ankles. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, that's been tough, but it's been, I think Diva, Diva is a really respected um, institution now within the queer community, but I think more generally too, that you know the mainstream will come to us for a comment on something. You know, if there's a, a lesbian story, if um, you know a celebrity comes out, if, you know when the L word was on, like the Times asked me to like give a comment. So um, it is a really really respected um, brand, and and seeing how as as queer people have had more visibility in mainstream, in sort of pop culture and so on, so has Diva. And that, yeah, it's that's a very sort of convoluted answer, but uh, yeah, it's been a ride basically. Yeah, and what are some of the highlights that you have had on that ride? I mean, doing a little bit of um, research today I've um, seen a couple of the people that you have interviewed and the things that you've done over the years but 
from your point of view, what have been some of the standout moments of your career at, at Diva? For sure, like meeting the people that, that we've met has been amazing. Like meeting Ellen, like that was one of those moments where I was like, well, what, where do I go from here? Like just hang up my hat and, and I'm done now. Did she give um, you a giant check? She did not give me a giant check. She sort of floated in the room, answered some questions, floated out the room again. It was a very bizarre experience. But, um, you know, that was was quite cool. You know, I interviewed Billie Jean King. That was amazing. I mean, I interviewed, like, the cast of Bad Girls, which for me, like... Highlight, highlight, stop there. Right? Did you interview Julie and Julie? Uh, I have not interviewed the Julie. I interviewed... um, Simone Labib, who plays who played Helen Stewart, and I've interviewed Alicia Eel, who played Denny, and a few others. So wow! Uh, I, mean, I watched Bad Girls when I was sort of coming out, and so for me that was like I'm done. Like yeah, yeah, um, yeah. For sure, meet, meeting some of the people that I've met and hearing their stories and being able to share their stories has been really cool. Uh, also, the travel opportunities that I've had have been like unreal. Like I've been to Thailand and like the Seychelles. Like um, went on this like weird mystery trip once where they we just had to like turn up and then they presented you with the ticket. You didn't know where you were going, and we thought it was going to be Europe somewhere in Europe which was exciting enough but then they were like surprise wild card you're going to New York so uh flew first class to New York for a weekend wow. uh, did you have a lie down bed yes <laughs> <laughs> you, you could tell that, that it did not belong there because the whole time I was just like thank you so much thank you incredibly grateful yeah the travel opportunities have been unreal the people I've met have been incredible but yeah I think the biggest thing is just having that responsibility and the privilege to be able to tell other people's stories like celebs are cool and stuff but it's the everyday people that that really stay with me the ones who you know I've met at a pride event and who've said you know this magazine changed my life or enabled me to come out or saved my life you know I was suicidal before um I found Diva and then I read this this piece or I found the magazine and now like it's given me a reason to go on and that stuff like that's that's real that's just like the stuff that makes it makes it all worthwhile and yeah it's really special yeah that's so special yeah absolutely i my connection to like diva started with um i remember at uni uh our very good friend and my housemate at the time used to always like buy diva and i hadn't like fully come out yet and was just sort of like toying with the idea in my mind or whatever and stuff and not really thinking about it because or thinking about everything too much who knows <laughs> and um I used to like read diva and be like oh that th- this whole sort of life and landscape does exist in a, in a sense and and obviously also having like out friends was really helpful as well but definitely diva was um part of it so I feel a, a fond connection to the magazine definitely yeah do you remember your first copy of diva that you ever saw or bought no sorry i can't remember specifically i don't remember a lot of that time so. yeah. do, do you do you remember carrie yeah yeah um i think i was like 15 or 16 at the time and the cover was this model and she was just wearing like pants and like a red shirt that was sort of like flying open and she was you know some arms in the air very <laughs> of course uh, saucy pose um 
and there was a free book with it which was like lesbian erotica and i think that's probably why why i bought that issue in particular but um yeah, <laughs> yeah i remember i don't know how i knew about it i don't know who told me about this magazine but i just remember sort of creeping into this wh smith's and like eyeing up the shelves and like trying to like get the courage to like you know to take it to the to the counter and feeling like they were getting some kind of alarm was going to go off where they'd be yeah. like woo woo we got yeah. a game yeah uh, okay. <laughs> We've got one, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> we were like taken out of the shop and just been like, like it was like contraband. It was so exciting. Yeah. Um, and like I was trying to say earlier, that it was this window into a world that I didn't know anything about. Um, you know, finding out about art and music and uh, literature and and I think I'd felt like so many young queer people, like I was just on my own with this struggle, and then finding out that actually you're just like one in this like community of like millions and millions and millions of people who've like since the beginning of time who've gone through the same things that you've gone through who struggled through the same things you're struggling with and have created like amazing art out of that like that was a real inspiration to me and and yeah divas really will always hold a special place in my heart for that reason you know yeah, I remember when I was uh, about the same age as as you were talking about just then, and and it used to have the plastic sort of shields over it in Sainsbury's, and you'd have to like go behind the like <laughs> modesty shield to get it, and then like run and pay for it and run away, um, which is kind of wild. But I, I remember at that time it was when um, the L word was like in full swing and that was like me really coming into my own power and um, <laughs> the first one that I remember was the rate I think it was the first Rachel Shelley one um, where she, she's naked yes Is it that one? yes mm-hmm. so that one whenever I think of Diva I just think of that cover um whenever I see Rachel Shelley I think of that cover so it's uh <laughs> yeah you're blushing and she's wondering why um, yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, you were talking earlier um, about Bad Girls and how that was something that you um, were watching during um, your sort of coming out period. I wanted to ask a little bit more about that because obviously now, you know, in a lot of ways, not in all ways, but in some ways we're sort of spoilt for choice with um, a lot of our queer pop culture that we get to enjoy now, which is amazing and a lot more broad and a lot more diverse than when we were 15, 16, 17. But before we kind of get on to things that we're enjoying now, um, I wanted to sort of go back to that time and find out a little bit more about what your media diet was then and how you found those queer spaces when maybe there wasn't really that that many on offer yeah I mean it was definitely like foraging around for crumbs right so you were watching stuff and like creating a subtext or finding a subtext wasn't even there um yeah just projecting like whatever was going on in your head onto onto the tv which was you know ridiculous but that's that's what we had for things that (laughs) I remember very clearly taping the episode of sex in the city where Carrie kisses Alanis Morissette and like playing that a lot not like in a like a sexy way really but just being like this is like I can't believe what I'm seeing like this is this is wild um bad girls was a huge thing um (laughs) what else did I watch um at home with the Braithwaite's I was really into that there was amazing 
Never heard of that. What is that? Oh, it's the family that win the lottery. Uh, it was <laughs> during the golden age of ITV, yeah. where it was like footballers' wives, bad girls at home okay. with graduates. That was right. the trifecta of shows, and it was basically like this young, the young girl in the family um, goes and plays the lottery for the family, and they win the jackpot. And it's kind uh. of about how everything happens and kind of gets done and undone, and it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, the lesbian thing was a real like subplot. Like, it's not it's not really crucial to the to the story, but uh, I was very into that. I think for yeah. that specific reason. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know how I found how I found stuff like that. If it was just an accident that happened to be watching it, and 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 there was a lesbian. But I mean, certainly in the case of Bad Girls, I'd watch it with my mum, and be like. I really hope that she can't see, like it felt like she could see into my soul and what that felt like for me but of course she couldn't she yes. just stopped watching the tv but like my god that was that was a real <laughs> eye-opener but yeah back then even still to this day the things that you do see more often than not like lesbians are like serial killers psychopaths murderers murdered you know there's very few sort of happy endings in a way it, how ridiculous that we were watching bad girls and being like these people are are like icons are role models when they were like these like murderous women in prison you know yeah um, that's why i yeah. love desert heart so much because it actually has a reasonably happy ending yeah and it's a really old movie as well go and watch it if you haven't watched it you say it's really old it came out the year i was born so <laughs> <laughs> Stuck your foot in it there. Look, we've we've got a lot of Gen Xers who listen to this podcast, so I'm just trying oh. to make it um, <laughs> trying to make it relatable to all of our TikTokers out there. <laughs> so, kind of going from the past to present day, um, we do a bit of a feature on the podcast every week at the moment called Happy Quarantine. So yeah, as it as it says on the tin, um, this segment of the podcast is where we discuss how we are quarantining ourselves um, during the lockdown period. So we wanted to ask you what you have been listening to, what you've been watching, what you have been enjoying over these past um, seven weeks of lockdown. Yeah, what are your highlights? Jeez. Um, so I'm watching um, Killing Eve, obviously. I have a lot of feelings about that. Um, probably that's... A- you know a whole other episode of the podcast isn't it but uh yeah watching that i have started watching unforgotten which i think is actually quite old i think it was on in like 2015 but um it's on netflix and it's like a crime thing and that's really cool it's got nicola walker plays like the sort of lead detective and i'm a big fan of hers she was in like last tango in halifax and some other bits and pieces yes i've i've seen unforgotten i watched it when it was sort of on because my mom watches like all of those kinds of things and always tells me about them and she's like have you seen this have you watched this and i'm like oh and i, I always try them and usually a bunch of them i'm like eh, and some of them i like and I, I remember liking unforgotten there's a good one yeah there's like good a sort of like gay storyline there um yes. yeah. yeah so it's i've been watching that uh, just trying to catch up on, on a lot of the like things that I've kind of missed or been too busy to watch. Um, I've been reading a really great book called Wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby, which I would very okay. much recommend. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> like I am, like I say, not able to really concentrate on much at the moment. So this is really great because like they're kind of like short essays and things. So really enjoying that. 
um and listening to a lot of sad bops you know i'm very much into uh sad sad bop at the moment so that's what's getting me through i go between like um intensely sad music and like trying to make myself cry but like it's not working and then the other side is i'll just listen to like full on pop like all the like great big pops but that's like more likely to make me cry because it makes me realize that I can't like go out and enjoy all those of my mates and stuff. This is why we're friends because I go through the exact same <laughs> process. I'm either listening to Orville Peck just like slumped in a corner just like melting and yeah. all this bad country bobs or I'm listening to Carly Rae Jepsen being like yeah 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 no, no. and then I'm just crying even more. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's exactly. It just makes me so much more depressed so I can't I can't listen to that. I just have to feel my feelings you know mm, yeah yeah no I, I i i love like listening to sad music loads and usually it's fine and, and actually i do feel like at this time point in the pandemic it's like the only sort of thing i can listen to for some mm. reason and actually mainly we, we've talked about this on, on previous podcasts is country i just can't stop listening to country music it seems to be the only thing and we've said like this is it's something to do with like the yearning of it. Like it's, it's so full of longing and like full of, but without being too like, I don't know, but it's, and it just, it, it's the right tone to my lockdown country music. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how like songs, you know, obviously not written in this time, not written in this context, feel like they've taken on a completely new resonance. Like completely like in the context of listening to them now, like you, you, I don't know, feel feelings and hear messages that were never there before. Like I find that's like definitely. Yeah, I'm finding yeah a lot of a lot of lockdown meaning in songs that are not about lockdown. So ones that are just like I just want to touch you. I, I just want to be near you. I haven't seen you. All <laughs> yeah. that's very much the vibe. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, also, th- this is what reminded me of it because when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about Laura, who is your friend my girlfriend, we all know each other, that's cute. Um, But we were having a very intellectual conversation last night. Um, We have to be very intellectual now um, because we've been separated for nearly eight weeks and it's completely fine. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely fine, no problem. Um, It's the worst, but um, I was talking to her last night about Killing Eve um, and she mentioned that Sandra Oh, and I do remember this in the dark recesses of my memory, but I think when series two came out, she was doing press and she made some kind of statement that basically said, to hugely paraphrase, that their characters of Eve and Villanelle were not like queer characters and that it was not like a queer storyline. Do you remember yes. that? We yes. talked about this on the podcast last year when she said it. So she said, like, it's not a gay thing. Why do people keep reading, like, gay stuff? Yeah, reading into it. What you're all thinking. So, like, her words are just, like, echoing in my mind whenever I'm watching the show. And I'm like, am I, am I going mad? That's she, what, yeah, that's what we, I thought that's last it. night. I don't understand. That's what I thought last night. And that's what Laura was thinking as well. And I was saying, um, I think if I'm being generous, I would like to say maybe that she said that because she wanted to kind of divert the over, the over kind of sexualization of the characters in kind of like, I don't know, a sort of gross sort of gays way or not, not, not G-A-Y-S, G-A, 
Zeddy, just to just to massively <laughs> clarify that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like maybe she was trying to sort of divert that, but it just sounded like she was saying it ain't gay. Stop thinking. Yeah. It's gay. I, th- I think essentially everyone got the memo, but Sandra, which <laughs> is a uh, the problem, like a bit. But it's it's. We- I remember when it, when she said it, being so like, what? Why? Why? why does she think that like maybe your explanation live is maybe the only sort of one but i don't know i think i think it was i wonder if she thinks it was a mistake to say it um and yeah, I mean, so- like obviously there's there's a lot of confused feelings that certainly her character has for villanelle right so so if she's speaking as a character being like oh no honestly it's not a gay thing like i just i feel really like attached to this woman but i don't know why that's fine but i don't know it it felt uh like irresponsible for her to to say that actually because because we have bought into the show and supported this show and uh of course of course there's a gay thing there of course there's some sort of um sexual thing there you know it's I don't know, it feels offensive not to acknowledge that and make us think that we're going mad when you're like, but the chemistry and the... Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, Villanelle's an openly queer character. Like, we know that she is into women and that, like, she is attracted to Eve in a way that is definitely got a sexual element. Like, so, to yeah, like you say, it just seems like an irresponsible thing to do as somebody who's, you know, tied to the project. Um and yeah. it's just odd very odd i remember thinking it was really odd at the time yeah, like, i think it's it fair. gay times right so like why are you talking to a gay man it's <laughs> not a gay thing stop making it a gay oh, thing dear. <laughs> i mean i think maybe um at, at, at the very least like maybe it's fair to say obviously like it isn't all it isn't all about um sex for villanelle like the whole thing is like she obviously is a psychopath and it's about how um she wants to sort of possess eve in every single way and obviously one of those is in a sexual way it's like she wants to have sex with her she wants to kill her she wants to be with her she wants to be the only person that she sees she wants to completely sort of like consume her all yeah, night it's like, like power and control thing, right like we've all felt like that no just yeah i mean <laughs> let's go back to our 15 year old selves and surely they <laughs> yeah. like like nothing more queer than that you know have you ever sent somebody a Build-A-Bear teddy that said, I know you want me to be with you or whatever it was at the end I'm of the I'm not, but the scene where she's holding that little heart, like playing into her ear, I've definitely done fucking shit like that before with like a voicemail or yeah. a voice memo or being like... <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely worn like a really... I remember um, it made me think of... Um, I remember once someone that I did end up going out with in the end, but... I don't think I was going out with them then. They gave <laughs> no, it was not Laura. <laughs> they gave me they gave me a sweatband, you know, like a wrist sweatband, and it absolutely stunk. It's it's I don't even know what the <laughs> smell was. I think like her cat maybe had like weed on it or something. It literally stunk, and I and it had it was white and it had a little pink heart on it, and I wore it and wore it and wore it and wore it, and everyone was like that is the most disgusting article I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, it's just, just a present. Um, so yeah, I can probably identify with Villanelle more than I should. I used to have a little tin um, that I filled with sort of like trinkets that the, the, this girl that I had a crush on when 
I don't know, I was like the first girl I had a crush on. So I had this tin with little artifacts from her that I put in it. So one day she gave me a piece of chewing gum and I was like, oh, thanks. I'll have that in a second. But I didn't, I just put it in the tin and I just kept it in the tin with like a cinema stub from when we went to the cinema and all these other like fucking creepy things like psychopath. Did you ever get together in the end? No, we never got together in the end and and I never told her how I felt and I don't think to this day she knows. Um, Sometimes I look her up on Facebook, they'll just be like, oh, it's really weird that I was ever into her because she's not, yeah, not at all. Yeah, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do with Deck from Anton Deck. (laughs) (laughs) I just look at him sometimes and go... How did that ever happen, Deck? That that two week affair we had in my mind. <laughs> I didn't know that you had a thing for Deck. I think I've talked about it on this podcast. Um, oh, I think okay. maybe when I, I was, yeah, maybe well. not. But when I first moved to England, um, back to England, I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I was like obsessed with things that were very English, and to me, Ant and Deck were incredibly English. <laughs> and like, I just got, I had the hugest crush on Deck of Ant and Deck for like two weeks. I was like obsessed. I was like 15. Um, I met Ant and Dick. I met them when they were still PG and Duncan. Wow. Um, yeah, it was at like a radio road show. And um, I was right at the front and they were like, hi. And I think they picked me up over like the barrier and like gave me a hug and stuff. Whoa. It was great. Stunning. Did they perform wow. Let's Get Ready to Rumble? I think they did, yeah. I also think I had an actual autograph book that said autographs on the front and I got them too. Nice. Uh, I wish I still had that. Speaking of this kind of generalised queer longing, um, were you a diary writer? I was, yeah. Okay. Would I you was ever... basically an analister before time. <laughs> <laughs> before time. I believe yeah. that. Would you ever be um, tempted to create some kind of like OnlyFans account where you just read excerpts from your diary? Because I'm sure that people would be glad to pay. So, uh, obviously, one of the things that I am living for is um, Sophie Galpin's On This Day on her Instagram. It's it's the best thing on the internet at the moment. Um, But all I can think when I watch it is that, my God, I could not expose myself in that way to the internet. It would be truly horrific. Um, I I still have... I still have a bunch of my high school diaries. And from time to time, like, maybe like a year ago I sort of dug them out and and I looked at them for a minute and then I was like no no I can't (laughs) I'm too awful I'm too self-indulgent I'm too um just concerned with absolute nonsense it would just be like there were real things happening in the world and I'm like oh this girl mm, I can't believe her what a bitch (laughs) (laughs) just like drama nonsense like that's what the world is so it was Sophie's I think at the moment she's up to being about maybe 10 years old and she's still fairly well adjusted um she kind of talks <laughs> about going around to her grandparents and like winning trophies for wholesome. Yeah, yeah. Sports and things like that yeah it's very wholesome a lot about the French exchange students yes. uh, so that's been happening but I can't wait to kind of get to 12 13 14 then it's gonna really sort of hot up and then I will be that will be my living for once we get to that stage of her diaries definitely hot so. gossip Shout out to Sophie Galpin on this day. <laughs> it's so good. I, I like look forward to that every day. Yes, same. <laughs> and I love her cadence of like, and welcome back to on this day. <laughs> really She's like right the, the lesbian Mr. Rogers. 
Um, right. <laughs> so I know we talked a little bit earlier about the uh, music that we've been, uh, the music we've been listening to to get ourselves through this pandemic time. So I think it's probably about time for our actual segment on that of track of the week. What is everyone's track of the week? Olivia, you go first. <laughs> okay, thank you. So my track of the week this week is um, a remix and it is, um, I don't know if you have heard this yet, but it is the News at 10 Dua Lipa Hallucinate remix. No, <laughs> not come on my radar. So I'm surprised that it hasn't got to you via Twitter because these things usually get to you first. Yeah. Um, but I'll send it to you both after this um, on our newly arranged WhatsApp group. Very exciting. And um, yeah, it is a remix of the, um, you know, the News at 10, the the bleepy sort of iconic soundtrack and yeah. um, Hallucinate from Julie Lipa's new album. And it slaps. <laughs> it's I don't cool. doubt that. It's so good. Like... I was saying, um, I was talking about it with um, my boss at work because it's been doing the rounds at work loads because obviously like it's a BBC thing. So they've all like loved it the most. And um, <laughs> Emily, um, I was saying to Emily, like this is definitely going to be on at the next warehouse project. Like when everyone's <laughs> out of lockdown, they're just like, bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> just in like a sweaty basement. And to be honest, I'll be there and I can't wait. So that is my track of the week. How about Great you? Great one. I mean, I, I don't um I, I don't watch the news anymore. But I and the one thing I miss the most about the news is the soundtrack. <laughs> because that well, song's perfect. Last. You don't need yeah, to. So yeah, perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> My track of the week, in very much in keeping with uh the fact that I'm only listening to country, is um so earlier, j- just today, this afternoon, I su- it's been raining all morning. I was very sad about the weather taking a turn, even though it's good for the, the earth to have the rain, but I was just sad about missing the sun. But then it all cleared up and there was this bright sunshine coming into my bedroom. I'd finished work um, and I, I logged out. I lay down on the floor <laughs> to do my <laughs> stretches, um, but also to just do what, one of my favorite uh, activities, which I call centering which, um, as Olivia will know, is where I just lie down and have to lie very still. No one can talk to me so that I can just, like, recenter, kind of, like, recalibrate, you know? Like, learn to, to be okay in the moment. I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I lay down, and my Spotify was just on shuffle, and um, Dolly Parton's Light of a Clear Blue Morning came on, and, oh, the sun was beaming, she was singing about it's all gonna be okay it's all gonna be all right i can see the light of a clear blue morning oh and i just uh, perked up for a little bit there so that is my track of the week cannot yeah. recommend it enough for if you're feeling a bit hopeless and also um on that dolly point i know we've talked about it before but if people have not listened to dolly parton's america do it it's great podcast one of the best lockdown decisions you could ever make um that's a great that's a great shout well done you well done dolly um carrie what is your track of the week well i'm actually gonna go against everything i said a minute ago about um how i could only listen to sad music because my track is actually quite like an upbeat bop i don't know if you've heard i'm ready by sam smith and demi lovato uh-huh. uh, but it's a tune like i feel like i could take on the world i can take on the pandemic i can i don't know smash this lockdown um put that on went for a little run I just felt like I felt like a bit of a champion 
Yeah. For like yeah. Five minutes Did you and feel then, like you can win gold at the Gay Olympics when you listen to yeah. that song? So that was, yeah, that was lovely. A little, little happy bop. So yeah. My track Good one. Great choice. So Lucy, what have you been entertaining or quarantining yourself with this week? Um, so mainly I've been, uh, I've finished two books again very blessed blessed so i finally finished um the second book of dust which is the philip pullman newest philip pullman which i think i talked about on the podcast when it came out because i went to like an event for it um and <laughs> it, it's taken me this whole time to read it because i read like a sort of solid chunk it's like 700 pages solid chunk of it when i got it and then i put it down and then couldn't get back into it but actually perfect quarantine reading very uh you know it's fantastical it's a different world Loved it loads, finally finished that, so I'm pleased with that, that's done. And then I have read, oh no, actually I've read three. So I also read Spring by Ali Smith, which um, is the third in her seasonal quartet, um, which I loved loads. I think it's probably the best one of those. Um, uh, Yeah, definitely. I loved it loads. It seems like it's going to come to like a nice round, like a season. It's going to sort of lead into each each other, which I think is really clever. Um, I just think her writing is great and clever and very good um so i enjoyed that a lot and then um literally within the space of 26 hours between yesterday and just before this podcast uh recording i have reread normal people because of the television show normal people which has come out which i'm sure everyone knows about i'm sure <laughs> um, so knows. yes i know that you have watched it live um i have only watched four episodes so far we've been watching like two a night um which like because I've been watching with Izzy and Adam because they also really enjoyed the book um we all decided to watch together if it just been me I would have finished it by now because that's how I usually consume things but actually it's been quite nice to do it in little bite-sized chunks which is not normal anymore really for how I consume stuff so it's quite good in that way even though and then I'm able to like really think about it so I reread after we watched the first two episodes and then I was like, I want to reread the book because I want to make sure that uh, I'm like, because I, I read it a couple of years ago that like I really understand how the adaptation is, is, do you know what I mean? And whether it is being good or not and stuff like that, rather than just my basic thoughts on it. So yeah, um, uh, yeah, what, uh, what do you think of it? I mean, you've watched all of it, it's a bit different. Yeah, I've watched all of it, all 12 eps. But I do think, like you say, I think because they're shorter, they're very sort of snackable and it's easy to get a couple in in a day and it doesn't really feel like it's taken over your whole life. But emotionally, it felt like it took over my whole life. But I was re- I was ready for that because of having read the book. But um, someone that I follow on Instagram um, that I've mentioned previously for lockdown pasta recipes, and that's Rosie McKean, Pasta Queen, Um she shared some thoughts on normal people last night, which I would like to share with the podcast. So I hope she won't mind me um, stealing her words, but some thoughts on normal people. I'm on at five, by the way, so no spoilers, please. Number one, obsessed with Connell's mum. I agree with that. Connell's mum is an icon. Number two, Marianne wears too much velvet for a normal person. I agree with that as well. She, why does she wear so much velvet? She does wear so much velvet. She, yeah, it's it's a bit of like a sexy witch vibe. Um, but yeah, it, it's such like an academic look wearing all that well, velvet. Well, I, I went through a very strict period at university where I wore a lot of velvet. So I do understand. 
Yeah, I did have some um, crushed velvet burgundy leggings. Do you remember? Yeah, that? I had blue ones and you yeah. had burgundy ones. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was a time in our lives. Um, number three, I wish I could go and live in Sligo. Number four, never seen a group of people do so much work and be so involved at uni in first year. I thought that was a great read and very accurate. And number five, hate Connell's necklace. <laughs> that's that is such shade his necklace is fit i love it i think it's great and it's very important to his character to have that necklace i believe is it yeah it just because it's it's it speaks to him being the person that he is like i think and the necklace is like in the book um and i like the necklace that's what i'm saying (laughs) okay i can't remember anything about the necklace but i just thought it was funny that she picked up on that because i did not um but yeah, I think it's I think it's fantastic. I think it's a really great adaptation of the book. I think that it shows issues that millennials have with anxiety, depression, friendships, emotions, mental health, all of those things in a way that for the first time isn't like skinsy. Yes. Um, which I feel like is really refreshing it kind of dips into class and money and privilege a little bit in a way that feels like it's relatable from both Marianne and Connell's point of view I just think that the whole interplay between those two characters of what is unsaid being the biggest thing that is said is so powerful because especially for Connell's character his his words are so sparse and not everything I think the way that he acts he acts so small it's just so impactful so yeah I won't talk about kind of how it goes on into the later eps we can talk about it more in the coming weeks I would say look out for episode 10 and make sure that you have 18 packets of tissues (laughs) you will need them well, um, as someone who just finished the book again this afternoon, there was no dry eye in the house, the house being me. But uh, yeah, so, I've, so I'm four reps in. I think it's really good. I, don't, I think it's a good adaptation. I think it gets the feel of the book correct. But I do think that it's never and was never going to be able to be um, as good and perceptive of, as the book because the book is all about their... Uh, perceptions and their inner workings and the ways that they see the world, the way they see each other, the way they see their relationships and their like um, part in their worlds. And a lot of that is like in the description of their like thoughts. Um, Obviously they have definitely tried to, to bring that into the, like into a telly, into a script by like putting things that are their inner thoughts into like speech, into like dialogue, which is like interesting but sometimes can seem a bit jarring, I think. But I think that's just because, like, I'm literally reading it as I watch it. I think um, you will find that that improves. Yes, exactly. I, I'm, like, four episodes, I'm like, this could get, it could get better at that. Like, who knows? Um, and we're well, not better at it. It's not bad at it. I think it's something that's really hard to do. And it's why there are different forms of things, books, TV, mm-hmm. film. Um, I think uh, really interestingly like the dialogue is like fully a lot of it most of it is like fully lifted straight from the book which I think is great I think that's a really good way to do an adaptation um I yeah I'm really enjoying it I think it's got a really good like tone I think it's um building up to be uh yeah incredibly emotional which the book was you know it's very um like you say it's a relate it's a relatable 
piece of work and i think it's that's why it's hit a chord with so many people sort of our generation because it's like that it's one of the first things to really like i think for like for me it feels like one of the first things to really like see elements of my personality or people i know's personalities and lives and experiences in a way that other things haven't um yeah it's it's so nice to like not be depicted as like taking drugs in a warehouse for like exactly 12 days like that's not (laughs) That's just not most people's normal people's um life <laughs> life ex- experience, and you know it's a lot quieter and a lot sort of more boring in a in a lot of ways. And I think as well, and and that's not to say that the series is boring. It's just kind of more realistic. And I think that the um, sex scenes, especially, are really interesting because as it goes on, you see. Um, I feel quite a bit more um, of, of Connell in those moments in terms of like nakedness, basically. And um, I think that it is very refreshing to see nakedness um, from the sort of a male character um, more sort of depicted on screen um, because we don't normally get, and I was listening to another podcast where someone was talking, and um, I think it was Greta Gerwig talking about the, um, talking about the female gaze and about yeah. how um, that is kind of not, not considered a lot in a lot of direction and how when she was directing Timothy Chalamet in Little Women, she shot it so that it would be like really slow and sort of done in a way you know how um how you'd see like on like Baywatch you know like all these sort of sexy icons like coming in running slowly and it's like these sort of like highly charged sort of sexualized moments and she wanted to do that for Timothy because he is the object of desire for for these women and I think that kind of that sort of seeps in a bit into normal people and um you know for Marianne and for a lot of people watching like Connell is that object of desire and it shouldn't always be you know the gratuitous nakedness of a woman and you know a man is just like wearing a vest with no pants on you know what I mean yes and it and it just it feels really exposing of his character in a way that and I mean that in in a positive way in a way that feels very sort of real and vulnerable to his character and also is kind of testament to the emotional closeness between those two characters you kind of you believe it more because I think that is for a lot of people what real sex and intimacy is so why not show that yeah absolutely um I think that that's what's so great about normal people as a you know as a book as a tv like as a thing is that it balances um it has such a balanced uh outlook from both characters from the male the female they are both complex they're both have their own anxieties and stuff I mean it does a lot for um displaying like male mental health issues which is obviously something that's not as like vastly portrayed which is really important um and I do think yeah I'm intrigued to see how that develops like you said with the tv showing more of as it were his nakedness and vulnerability vulnerability which definitely comes through in the book the only thing I don't like (laughs) It is. This is like stupid. It's not a real thing, really. It's, I think so far the music has been too bait. It's been too obvious. When in the first episode, Hide and Seek came on in this the year of our Lord 2020, can we not? The music. I'm sorry. The music is from <laughs> Sally Rooney because when she when she wrote the book, she also um, made playlists of what she thought the characters would listen to. 
Right. And those songs were given to the actors to listen to, to kind of get into character. And then those songs were played as the soundtrack on normal people. Okay, fine. That's better. Literally, when when Hide and Seek came on, I was like, what? <laughs> this is not like 2005. I know it's supposed to be set in like 2011, but come on. But have you seen the <laughs> sex scene that they have to Carly Rae Jepsen yet? No. Olivia! <laughs> spoiler! Now that's a spoiler I didn't want. Well, maybe you'll change your mind after you've watched. I will. No, I will. It, it was get. It, it got. It was literally just that first episode with with hide and seek because I feel like it's such an uh, uh, that song is such an overly done teenage. It's, ve- song. it's very drama GCSE. I yeah. played that in my yeah. drama GCSE. So I, I was like, and because I was like, you know, trying to form opinions about the TV show, and I always give myself like a lot of like, like I try to not give myself any expectations about things that I look forward to because then in that stupid way of like, oh, then you can't be disappointed. But like, I still do get disappointed by things. And when that came on, we all just went, oh, no, <laughs> can we not? <laughs> but it's got better. <laughs> so, and I look forward to getting even better. <laughs> so Lucy, you don't agree with Imogen Heap being used in millennial TV programs. Is there anything else? Lucy, that you don't agree with because it's time for. I don't agree with it. Another week, another I don't agree with it. I'm going to put this um, to Carrie first because she has been sitting patiently while we have been talking a long time and boring her to tears about normal people because she hasn't watched it no, yet. It's, it's, made me, it's made me want to watch it. So Oh, good. Well, you're very polite. And also read it. So have it. you read it? Do first? No, read it or watch it first. Oh, well, this is my other thing, which I actually meant to say during that, is that I feel like from the just from the first four episodes, that I feel like you would get a different feel of the characters if you only watched it and hadn't read it than if you read it. So, but I don't know if that's because I have read it. It's hard to say if that is the case. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of, um, you'll get a lot out of just watching it. I think it's really good on its own. Like if you can't be bothered to read the book, but it is like one of those books that I think you basically guaranteed to enjoy in some pretty much yeah if you're i think i think you'd enjoy it yeah i can't like like the only reason the only like i've always thought like who would i not recommend this book to and i think like i can't really imagine like my mum maybe enjoying it because i think it is more of like a millennial younger generation-y kind of piece yeah um i wouldn't yeah yeah my mum asked me if she should read it Mm. and i was like maybe not like i feel like she could maybe watch the show more than read the book yeah i don't think my mum would hate the book but i don't think she would get from it what you're really like what everyone else does at at the moment my mum is only interested in books that have like a woman who was a prize-winning journalist who has moved for a new life in devon and um she like meets this like new um lustful farmhand and they have an affair And in the first like couple of pages, there's a map of the village. Like it has to have a map, right? Yeah, um, one of those. Yes, Lovely. So you need to know like where the, where the tackle shop is, where the pub is, where you know John's cabin is, and um, <laughs> you'll you'll be fine. So they're the books that she's been um, enjoying at the moment. So maybe normal people isn't on that list. But what do we not agree with this week? <laughs> what do I not agree with this week? Well, um, as you will have seen, uh, it was Lesbian Visibility Week. Uh, recently which diva um we were the architects of i suppose lesbian invisibility day has been a thing for i think 12 years but this we wanted to make it sort of this big event and 
um we had lots of stuff planned we had to kind of move it online cause pandemic but um it was really cool uh, the hashtag was trending it was doing really well and then i was like i'm gonna go and see what people are saying about like being like visible lesbians and lol didn't realize that actually a lot of those people were just being absolute trolley arseholes um so i don't agree with people who are just like using these troubling times tm to be like transphobic and to be mean-spirited and cruel and i just don't like we have so much to concern ourselves with at the moment like our very existence like why would you use that energy to like stamp on another person's like right to existence like it just is not okay um there's so many people sort of hijacked this thing that we try to build that was inclusive and celebratory and wonderful and use it as an excuse to be like transphobic and awful yeah so, yeah do not agree with that i'm over it honestly the the will of a turf is un- unbound apparently so like I mean, obviously, all those things are bad at any given time, obviously. Um, but no, you're right. It does seem like un, like bizarre that the that people are taking this time to still be horrendous to each other. I don't, I don't understand it either, and I also don't agree with it. It's not good. If we can't use this time to reimagine our realities and reevaluate what's important and um, use our energies for for good then oh that just uh yeah it's very depressing i'm sorry that it's not a more cheerful uh note but yeah no it's definitely no, really, that's really important that was such a beautiful issue as well um we loved the artwork that was on the cover and um, do you know who who did that yeah it's an artist uh, called eve archer i think she's archer eve on instagram maybe um you should look her up but uh she we commissioned her to do that sort of exclusively for us um and i i wanted her to kind of bring in some humor and um color and sort of try to um bring to life what it is to be to be you know queer to be a lesbian to be um visible to sort of uh, celebrate our culture and our history a little bit and she really took the brief and just made it pop so um i was really really happy with with how that turned out yeah it was so good i saw it and i was like oh it's so nice yeah, yeah so we'll, really nice we'll check her out and we will link her in our show notes she's got an instagram hasn't she yeah. right okay and lucy what is it that you don't agree with this week mine's far more <laughs> far more trivial <laughs> <laughs> should have gone trivial guys i'm sorry no, 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 it's good. Light and shade, light and shade. We love yeah. it. We love it. We love it here on the pod. Um, mine is just that there is never enough flour in my household to fulfill all my baking needs. <laughs> never enough. And we buy, it's not like we've been struggling to get flour, because I know it's been a thing of struggling to get flour. We've been able to get it in our local shops, which is really good. Um, but like uh, every time I'm like, want to make a thing, there just never is quite enough flour and I'm having, well, actually what's really good about it is I'm having to learn how to cook, cook, bake with like different types of flour and things, which is quite good. Um, but I mean, I know that like the, the baking is real, this pandemic, but I am like always like fully, fully upset if there's not a baked good for me to have at any given moment. <laughs> like it really. Actually, like Nigel Slater, you have to have two slices of cake a day. One yes. Morning, exactly. one <laughs> I've made like, I've made like, 
like four banana breads, cinnamon rolls twice. Like we've made like 700 bread ro- bread loaves. Like I made hot oh, cross buns. I made amazing hot cross buns. Like stunning hot cross buns. Have you tried crumpets? I'm intrigued by crumpets. No, haven't made crumpets, but um, I'll add it to the list. Why not? Okay. <laughs> Every time um, you're I- making a crumpet, I have no idea. I don't know. It's just like a sort of battery dough thing. And then you, the main thing you need for a crumpet is you need a, a round uh metal yeah, thing metal that you can thing. put in a frying pan yeah but hopefully you'll be on my level with this being somebody from scotland but i'm gonna make potato scones oh. uh, i was on board until you pronounced it scone <laughs> so jarring uh, i you gonna say that <laughs> i can't say i can't say scone because to me scone is posh <laughs> Scone is not posh. Scone is posh. Yeah, it's funny because I, I would say, as somebody who came to this country, uh, like, well, t- to to the UK later, the the um, scone scone thing is each person thinks the other one sounds posh. Yeah, hands down. Because in 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 Stockport, <laughs> if you said scone, people would be like, "Who do you think you are?" <laughs> um, so I will always say scone. But like, no, but not, but it's, it's, it's more, it's more scone than it is scone. You know what I mean? Yeah, there is a, there's a yeah, there is a difference. Um, but yeah, but Lucy, you say scone, don't you? I do say scone. Yeah. So, sorry. I don't know. I've said both in my time. Um, <laughs> but, and that's with like a lot of words, but for some, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've settled on scone. Anyway. I am, I'm very excited. I'm very excited that you're making scones or scones. Um, yeah, because I news. love any kind of like potatoey, savory good. So yeah. that's where my head is at the moment. Have you ever made them from scratch? Never made them from scratch. No. Okay. Uh, so I'm intrigued to see how that goes. I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you not agree with, Olivia? Um, well, this week, um, I've got to be honest. It's a big one. Um, what I don't agree with this week is my mum being more of a celebrity on my Zoom than me and being liked by more of my um, work colleagues than me. Work colleagues? Yeah, she's... She's an introduction. She's more of an icon at work and it's starting to get a bit awkward. But isn't that just because she keeps bringing you gorgeous snacks? Yeah, so basically what's been happening is I have a lot of meetings on Zoom all day. Like, as most people, it's just like a big Zoom-tastic nine-to-five. And... I feel like she can tell like her like spidey senses are tingling whenever I have those meetings, which to be fair is a lot. And very, very nice of her. She brings me cups of tea and things occasionally as my PA throughout the day, which is really nice. <laughs> so it is very nice. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. But what she does, so like, as you can see here, like here's like the door. So you'll normally like in my work view one, you'll be able to sort of see a bit more. And yeah. so she comes in through that door she puts the tea down and everyone starts sort of like sniggering because they all know it, it's her <laughs> and they're just trying to like carry on talking about the thing and I know and it's like we're all trying to like be <laughs> professional and she's just like there just busy in herself and then she puts it down and rather than just kind of like walk out quickly she'll go <laughs> <laughs> and she'll have a right good look at who's on the call and just <gasps> you know make herself at home and make herself known and now it's just got to the point where like 
they're so used to it she's so used to it everyone's just like hi Olivia's mom oh my god hi like what what have you brought in today and so yeah she's just getting like all of the work love and they're probably gonna um fire me and hire her at this point I mean I was thinking maybe (laughs) maybe she could be a guest host on the podcast no wow she will have a lot of opinions she (laughs) would be stunning I would love that um maybe like it should be a week that I'm on holiday my mum should step in as me and you two can do it together we'd love that yeah I know we would collectively she could look at my hair yeah she'd look at your hair she'd probably try and blow dry it if you weren't doing social distancing um that's fine um yeah she she loves she loves to do that okay well I'll put that to her later um so I mean (laughs) to be honest I kind of agree with it because it's kind of funny but um I needed and I don't agree with it and that's what mine is (laughs) fair enough I don't agree with it and now um as we wind down the podcast and look forward to our dinner and um the rest of our evening there's one more thing that we need to address speaking of absolute icons in their 60s um we could be talking about no one else well it's not my mum but it is the other icon in her 60s because it's time for Celine watch so things have been a little bit quiet on the Celine front um as of late because she is just on lockdown she's observing social distancing she's in her own personalized water park and she's doing absolutely everything right um but what i have come across is um a listicle of 13 surprising facts about celine dion that even her fans likely don't know oh my god you won't believe number eight yeah (laughs) you won't believe what happens next so the first one is did you know that she is actually younger than her stepson wild Yes. So um, her stepson was born three months. She was born three months before him. So that's that's a cool fact. (laughs) And then my favorite fact of this whole list is number two. You can call her Dr. Dion. (laughs) And it says she's not a medical doctor, but university but Université Laval in Quebec City gave the singer an honorary doctorate in music back in 2009. Did you know that? No, lovely. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. She also signed her first recording contract at age 12. And it was the record she brought out was called Celine Dion La Voix du Bon Dieu. Lovely. Thank you. Um, she is the youngest of 14 siblings. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, it's true. Gosh. And apparently their large family was very close when they were growing up. So that's cute about Celine. Mm-hmm. I imagine she's the kind of person that would bring people together. So that, that tracks. And um, her wedding to Renee was broadcast live on TV. Um, she performed for the Pope. She is named after a song by a popular French artist called Hugo's Offray. Um, what else? Um, she found. Oh yeah, she founded a chain of restaurants called Nichols Delicatessen, Nichols Grill and Bar, not Bar and Grill, Grill and Bar. <laughs> um, and she founded yes. that with four of her friends in 1990. It's since expanded the franchise to eight restaurants outside Quebec and Ontario. I don't know whether they come with their own water parks. I'll have to look into that at a later stage. Yeah. And there's there's a, there's a couple more 
in there but to be honest that's the best of it i think the, the grill and bar and um the fact that she's one of 14 siblings is um you know some great celine trivia that we all needed to know it's not a celine watch as we would typically do it but i think the more information we can have about celine the better do you not agree yes uh, I agree. i'll have to go and uh, find out what her 13 brothers and sisters are called <laughs> yeah good idea <laughs> and, then, and then probably that'll go in my next like family zoom quiz i think that's like some top some top notch content do you, do you have any more um zoom quizzes incoming uh so we do we do every sunday we do a zoom quiz with sarah's family and then every monday we do a zoom quiz with my family thankfully wow. friends have kind of eased up on the zoom quiz i was gonna so. say because even i've done a few zoom quizzes with you so you must be absolutely inundated with zoom quizzes yes it's a lot it's a lot um and unfortunately know. i haven't retained any of the information that i've learned so it just seems like a waste of everyone's time but you did win ours well yeah <laughs> By an absolute landslide in the end. Me and Laura were in the lead and then he just crushed us. Absolutely Sorry crushed us that. in that no, final sorry. round. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this um, says about me. And feel free to analyse. I haven't been invited to a single Zoom quiz. <laughs> <laughs> but you have, you have led a Zoom quiz. Yeah, I did lead one. That's true. One singular. I will invite but... you to my family quiz and you will regret that. What's the theme for the next Zoom quiz or is it just general knowledge? Um, then I think the next one is like, fa- uh, it's, what is it? It's not family fortunes, but it's like maybe TV show related. So each round is a TV show. Um, so you know we'll see how that goes yeah sounds good sounds great uh, last time i was hosting i did a round on everyone like so each person's name which was fine for like my wife her name is sarah my mom's name is jane my brothers are mark and george so they're all quite common names there was it was very easy to find questions but my brother's wife is called kira and there's not very many famous kiras it was quite difficult so by the end i was just like oh like what K is, you know, was a camera company invented in 1988 and <laughs> uh, extremely, extremely tenuous things. I, I like went into her middle name, you know, it, it was a lot. Yeah, you couldn't just have a full Kira Knightley round. No. <laughs> to be no. fair. <laughs> Probably not that much interesting about her around as well, anyway. So. No. <laughs> I look quite pretty, don't I? <laughs> anyway. On that gorgeous Kira Knightley subject, we just want to give you a, a massive thank you for joining us this week, Carrie. It's been our absolute pleasure to have you. It's been really nice to like peek behind the curtain and see how see how the magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope we haven't left you wholly um, disappointed. But um, it's been yeah, so great to have you on and um, what you've been doing with the um, magazine and with the Facebook group and everything that's been going on has been um, really great to see. So hopefully that can continue to be um, a really great resource for a lot of our um, queer community as we go forward into the lockdown and hopefully out of the lockdown um, at some point in the near future. If people want to follow you, read any more of your work, find out a little bit more, get their carry fix, how can they do that? Uh, so you can follow uh, Diva on all the things at Diva Magazine. I'm on Twitter at Siege, S-E-E-J. 
on Instagram, I think I'm siege underscore Lyle. LinkedIn, I'm probably there too. You know, just stalk me. I'm not adverse to not averse to fans and followers. So, you know, come and say hello. Do you sign autographs? I have signed I have signed some autographs of a time, yeah, yeah. Yes! Stunning! <laughs> I'm gonna get an autograph book for next time we meet. Like one of those ones you had when you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if if you see us with something under our arm, you'll know that it's our autograph book and and we'll be ready. So yeah, I think that's probably it for this week. We have um, managed to take up an hour and forty minutes of your time. So um sorry about that. You must be hungry. What's oh, thank you so much? Nowhere to be. Uh we're having some uh, roasted vegetables and some couscous maybe and some yeah. Sounds nice. Stunning. What about you, Lucy? Lockdown I don't know tea? what I'm having. I'm, I'm hoping to exit here and be uh, welcomed with a dish, but um, my housemates have just been out, so I don't know. They've ju- only just got back, so I don't know what they've been doing. I'm going to have to go investigate. What are you having? Um, something with leeks. Oh, that yeah. Lovely. I love a leek. Yeah, that much. Yeah. I love, love leeks. I've always wanted to try ramps because ramps are like leeks, but they're only available for three weeks out of the year. And I've Ooh. always wanted to try them and I've always missed them. I think they're more an American thing. They look kind okay, of like yeah. leeks. They look a bit like wild garlic, but they're, um, they have like a similar sort of allium taste to leeks. So yeah, there you go. Um, Lovely. On that stunning note, um, please do um, follow Carrie, follow Diva, join um, the amazing Diva community group that they have on Facebook. It's a really great um, resource if you want to get involved with a lot of um, lovely conversations around this time and feel like you have um, the warm hug of a community around you when we can't actually give hugs at the moment. So go and check that out. And we will be loving you, leaving you and longing for you until next week. Bye. So my longing for is um I didn't write anything down. Shit. <laughs>